All right. Yo, 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 what it do, what it do. It's your boy, Yellow the Poet, and I am here today with Miss, how do I pronounce it, Janelle? Oh, yeah. Janelle Hoskins. And Janelle Hoskins was a previous radio host, and she has immersed herself into over 20,000 worth of personal development and coaching. This is a wonderful opportunity to actually get to know more about Miss Janelle. Let's learn her story. Everybody check her out. Thank you so much. We welcome you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So to get it started, please tell me what was the journey like to making yourself get to a point where you can say, wow, I've immersed into a uh, personal development coach and the, the opportunity to actually coach. Wow. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. Um, I love that question because it, it's going to, you know, take me back in time in about 10 years now. Um, I, the, I guess the journey for me started when I became a teenager and uh, life changed, you know, things get a little bit harder as we're um, wanting to challenge our independence and we're wanting to make our own decisions and things like that in life. And um, I had quite a tough time um, throughout those teen years with, I guess, difference in what I wanted for myself versus what my parents wanted for me. And um, that led me to, I guess, on reflection, be a bit of a brat. Um, I ran away from home for six months and I, I, it was actually, it was great in the sense that leaving home and being away from family meant that I had to do everything right I had to pay bills now I I had to learn how to put petrol in my car I actually had to go for my driver's license before that I didn't even have it you know I was always able to rely on mom and dad kind of thing and so I got independent really really quickly um but it was this kind of entitled independence and so when I came back home again I was very much like I've been out on my own for six months. I survived. I don't need anything from anyone anymore. And I kind of carried on that way for a few years. And then when I started working full time, um, my, my flatmate who I moved in with, we also worked together and she was massively into personal development and she had all of all the books and she was quite into spirituality as well. And we used to sit outside having cups of tea and I was never into cups of tea, right? And at nighttime, she'd be out there with a cigarette. <laughs> she'd be out there with a cigarette and her cup of tea. And she'd be like, come sit with me. And, you know, there's about five years difference. And we just started having these conversations that I just were so mind opening to me, you know. Um, and it was really through that experience where we kind of um I guess she kind of opened me up a little bit you know and got beyond the surface of who I had been showing up as in my life and really helped me to see that you know you can you can live another way and you can live a better way and you can actually use your life to be in service of other people and so from there I started reading personal development books I started listening to podcasts and then I started signing up to programs and things so yeah that was um that was 10 years ago now and I believe like my life motto is if if you're not learning you're not living and so I'm always looking at continuing my own growth because at the same time 
you can then use what you've learned to help other people. So that's really been the the thing that started it for me was being that bratty teenager who was quite entitled and like chip on my shoulder, had all the walls up around me, stay at arm's length, leave me alone. And then this one woman came into my life and she just kind of like cracked me open a little bit um, to the point where I was then able to, you know, heal that relationship with my parents, which is so beautiful and heal my relationship with myself and, and get to the point where now I'm in the most like loving, nurturing relationship. And I had the most amazing job then it's it's just so it's oh honestly I can't speak highly enough about taking time to improve yourself and your own life and how worth it it is you know yes indeed self-preservation is definitely one of the best keys to not only knowing yourself but Mm. it also opens your eyes to understanding the world around you because when you know yourself you understand yourself there isn't Mm -hmm. anything that anyone else can tell you about yourself that you don't know and it's it's hilarious in some (laughs) instances when someone trying to tell you something about yourself and you know you've done this whole thing with self-motivation because you look at them and say hmm opinion or is that just an expression that you just came up with (laughs) absolutely because a lot of times my wife is always talking about self-preservation and Mm -hmm. she's big on it she is really really big on it she even does like exercises where you pick one side you talk about how good the good about yourself and the other side you talk about the negatives about yourself mm. but also opening yourself up to understanding that sometimes the positives that you see can also be negatives and the negatives that you see can also be positives so mm-hmm. if you do that project and really really be truthful with yourself you will learn so much more about yourself that you didn't even know at first <laughs> That is so cool. And how how amazing for you to be married to a woman like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love this woman with all my heart. <laughs> she is definitely a wonderful woman and someone whom I definitely adore and admire, no doubt. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so in your business of radio personality, how long did you do this? And what was what were some of your highs and lows in being a radio personality? So when I was in my last year of high school, I was sitting in media studies class and I always knew, you know how you kind of like get this feeling or there's this calling inside of you. Mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know what it what, what it is at the time but you know it's something right you're like there is something inside of me there is something I'm here to do and throughout my childhood and teen years I was you know trying to explore and trying to dabble with what that looks like and one day I was sitting in media studies class at high school mm-hmm. and this woman comes into our class and she was young maybe like early 20s and she told us how she was studying radio and um, it was awesome because it, it was local, so it meant she didn't have to didn't have to leave town. She didn't have to go to another, you know, city, state, university kind of thing. And it was really affordable as well. And 
she told us all the amazing stuff about this course and me and one of my best friends at the time we looked at each other and we were like we're gonna do radio and we went home and told our parents and this was at the point after I'd come back home after running away and so this was me very like I do what I want you can't tell me no so I had the prospectus I was like I'm leaving it was actually um, meant to only be my second to last year of school I still meant to have one full year left but I went home and I said to my parents I "I know what I want to do I'm signing up now and I'm doing this next year And it was only a one-year course. So by the time I finish the course, I will be qualified in the industry I want to go into. And all of my peers will just be finishing high school. So essentially, I'll I'll be a year ahead of everyone else, right? Because I'll be straight in there. So um, I did that. And I got into radio when I was 18, which was just amazing. I, I did the course. I took all the advice. I networked. I went out of my comfort zone. I did work for free, you know, getting work experience, anything like that I could do. I was just on the hustle of like, this is what I want and this is what I've got to do. So by the time I was 18, I um, got my first full-time contract in, ra- in radio, which moved me to a different city an hour away. And I realized pretty quickly, like, it's really hard work. It's pretty long hours. It's consistently six days a week. You know, when you start, you really do start from the bottom. I think radio is an industry where it's quite hard to just come in from day one and be the top dog. You know, everybody's story. They've got history. Um, I know stories of guys who wanted to be in radio so bad that they slept in their car in the car park. Oh, wow. (laughs) Or like six months so that they could be there every single day to put their hand up for the crappy jobs, but to get noticed. And now those people, they're on the big time, you know, they're on the big dollars, they're on the big show. So it really paid off for them. Um, And so I had this mentality too of, okay, cool. Like I'll do whatever it takes. And that was between 18 and 20 years old. And within that time, I got a promotion and I moved to another city. Radio is also an industry where you tend to have to move for the for the roles. You know, as you're climbing the ladder, you might get sent to um, a a city, you know, that's a um, 10 hour drive away. Or, you know, I live in New Zealand. Okay, so New Zealand's so small. So for us, 10 hours is a long time. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so I'd moved to the city. And at this point, this is where I realized, Janelle, you want to be a radio presenter so before that I'd just been doing promotions and I'd been doing marketing stuff Mm. and then when I got to Auckland which is I guess in in New Zealand terms it's where the big time shows are in radio and I got to see the the celebrities I got to see the famous announcers and I got to see them doing their thing every day and that's where I realized this is what I want to do like I, I want to um I want to be on the microphone and I want to share and I want to educate and I want to inspire people. So that was the, that was great, right? Like that was the living the dream part of it. I think the real aspirational part and then comes the struggle to actually get there. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I had a full-time role that I was doing um, kind of operationally within the business And then outside of that, I was covering shifts of anybody who was sick. So sometimes that meant working, you know, 15 hour days. And for a really long time, I worked seven days a week. But also, I was so young. 
I was 19, I was 20. So it was fine. It was doable, right? But then one day, I don't even know, I can't specifically remember what happened, but I was in um, I was in the hallway or something with the big boss, like the big dog. And I just burst into tears. <laughs> and I said to him, I was like, I hate this. This is so hard and I'm so exhausted. Like, I don't want to be doing this. I said, I just want to be on air. I don't want to have a full-time role and be doing all this extra cover stuff. I just want to be on air. And um, I guess I'd kind of proved myself over the past however long that I had been doing those long hours and had been doing seven days a week. And he said to me, Janelle, hold out, okay? Give it a few more, a few more weeks, literally weeks, actually. He said, a few more weeks, and I think I have something for you. And he came to me three weeks later, and he said, I have an interview for you down in Palmerston North. So this was a really, going from the city. Yes to a small town okay so in a way you could be like is this a step backwards but actually it was an opportunity to propel me forward so they flew me down to the city I had an eight hour long interview they they grew you know they grilled me with questions they made me go out into town with a recorder and interview people they just put me on the spot with all this stuff I had to prepare an outline of a radio show it was like a full-on day right but it was one of those things when you know what you want and it feels so right for you you've just got to go for it so I did it I put my best face forward and then I ended up getting the job awesome yeah. And so that then led me to be a full-time radio announcer. I moved cities to the small town and, you know, in your question around highs and lows, I think the highs come when you get your dream, you know, when, when um, you get the call up to say, Hey, you got the job, you yes. know, and you've been working so long for it. And other highs that I had, I ended up staying in that role for close to three years and it was beautiful it was a three-person show there was me I was the baby I was only 20 21 years old at the time there was a male who was in his late 30s he was a dad a husband and a dad he had a I think he had like a six and a four-year-old and then there was another guy who was in his late 50s and so he had adult children he was about to become a granddad, you know, and so it was great that I got to be in the studio with these guys and I got to learn so much off them. And the the lows started to come when everything about my life mm -hmm. became content. Oh. Every single thought in my mind was how can I talk about this at work tomorrow? How can I leverage this? Yes. And that wasn't that wasn't what I wanted. But that's what I had to do to keep my job. And so I remember the arguments I had with my family, mm -hmm. the embarrassing things other people did that I thought was funny or, you know, that I thought would be entertaining that I wow. went and shared. And obviously I never said names or things like that. But what happened is that became the lows because as I was doing this personal development journey, they were overlapping, right? So I was doing, reading these books, listening to these podcasts. I was this growth mindset. And then I had to go to work every day. And in my mind, talk about really low vibe stuff. You know, we talked about the Kardashians. We talked about that kind of entertainment, celebrity gossip stuff. Yes. And then I had to share these stories of things that just didn't feel real. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't feel authentic to me. And so it got to the point where I was living two different lives. Yeah. 
I was living this aspirational personal development, like you go girlfriend life. And then I was living this, you know, um, Kim Kardashian just split up with this husband today, you know, and it just, it just didn't match. And it was, it it was so inauthentic. And so this feeling that I'd had back when I was 17 in high school, sitting down, feeling this calling, Mm -hmm. it wasn't there anymore. And I was like, whoa, I literally thought I would be in this career forever. Mm -hmm. I thought this was my whole life. Yes. And as early as 25 years old, I realized actually this isn't for me. And I left. So it was it was insane because throughout this personal growth journey, I'd heard a mentor say that if you're somewhere where you're not meant to be, if you're staying in a job that you hate, you're clearly not meant to be there, right? Mm-hmm. You are stopping somebody else from being where they're meant to be because you're taking up that space. Yes. And I thought of my job and like, from the outside it was the dream job you know a breakfast show in a small town that had a good audience had a really engaged community we did cool stuff in the community it was an epic job okay but it just didn't light me up and it didn't it wasn't epic for me you know and so when I heard that those mentors say that I was like Janelle you've got to go you've got to leave (laughs) and so I gave myself till the end of that year to, to find an identity really you know like your identity gets tied up in things yes yes and my identity was I'm Janelle from the radio <laughs> and people would meet me and they would say you're Janelle from the radio like that was literally my identity <laughs> yeah okay and so that was a whole journey mm. and that I guess is really what brought this personal development stuff mm. like in line is because I used that to help me to shed this identity of being the radio personality and to just I'm Janelle and I go wherever my curiosity leads me and I do whatever I feel called and excited to do (laughs) and it's just it feels so good knowing that you don't have this persona to live up to anymore it's just you you know so do people still actually uh, (laughs) meet you and still as Janelle from the radio (laughs) so uh, after I left I stayed in that small town for a few more years so there were times where I had interactions with people and and they would say oh my gosh I just clicked who you were I literally walked into a fish and chip shop one night this is so funny I'd made a phone order at the fish and chip store I walked in and the store was empty there was me and there was one other guy who was sitting there waiting for his food I went to the counter I said, hi there, I'm just just picking up an order for Janelle, please. And then I get my order and I start walking out the shop. This man was blind. He he could not see. And he said to me, you're Janelle from the radio. I can hear it. He's like, I can hear it in your voice as soon as you spoke. And I'm like, all I said is I'm here for my order, you know, like, but but that's the thing I guess you know if you you can't see your 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 hearing would be better so he could just pick it up like that but um while I was in that city yes people did identify and and know who I was um but now that I've moved I've moved back closer to home and my partner and I bought a property um so no no one here recognizes (laughs) me as somebody who's work on the radio 
which is cool you know it's almost like sometimes I forget that that's how I started I started in radio I started in media with this intense (laughs) grind that from the outside looks amazing but on the inside I hate it I forget (laughs) (laughs) so now how does it differ being a radio personality to going into podcasts how does that differ for you well this is the funny thing right when I left radio I told myself I would start a podcast so um that was back in the end of 2017 that I left radio I told myself I'd start a podcast but I think I still had some internal shifts that I needed to work through um around that identity and and giving myself permission that hey you you don't work for this big corporate company anymore you don't have someone else provide that microphone or that platform for you but you can do that for yourself and actually really giving myself permission to step into that and it wasn't until the end of last year so the end of 2021 that the thought just it it had been floating but I'd never done anything with it I just wasn't ready yet to go back behind a microphone and near the end of last year I started getting louder and louder and I landed on the idea that I feel like I could talk about every single day of the week right and that is um, women's confidence Mm -hmm. so all things around your own self-confidence and when I landed on that idea I was like okay cool I think I've got it and I did my first recording of my podcast January 1st 2022 Mm -hmm. so it was a long time that was four years of a break right from being behind a microphone and podcasting is different in that it's not every day you're creating every element of your life isn't considered as content one segment of your life is content right and um and that one segment being anything that's around confidence and things like that that's when I'm like oh cool I could use this for the podcast um and I also think it's different because people have to specifically go out of their way to find you you know they have to be searching keywords or things like that into the platforms whereas with radio Mm -hmm. you just turn on a radio in your car (laughs) and and you you know it finds you kind of so so it is really different and that I imagine it's a lot slower to grow than what it would be if you were just on a radio frequency um but it's so much better because you just like I get to choose what I talk about you know there were so many confinements within radio you can't in my view I couldn't speak my truth I couldn't really talk into my personal development and personal growth because it wasn't entertaining enough okay so you kind Mm. of embellish a bit versus just speaking blatantly how you feel what you think yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't so much embellishing it was more just like I guess talking about different parts and that's what started to feel really inauthentic because the stuff I was talking about every day it didn't mean anything to me you know the stuff that meant something was this journey of personal evolution and that doesn't make radio money at the moment mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe one day yes so I, I was looking at your page and it was talking about you on a mission to uh, yeah. help people thrive in a relationship what type of relationships were you um talking about in your on your page yeah great question all relationships I've recently just been doing a free series for my local community here Mm -hmm. and every week for three weeks we've done different themed workshops and the first workshop was around communication within your relationships and that specifically spoke to your um there was elements of your romantic relationships elements of your 
your friendships, your yeah. families, and then your career relationships as well. You know, we spend so much time at work and quite often we can become disgruntled by conversations or situations that have or haven't happened within yeah. workspace and we bring that home with us. So for yeah. me, um, you know, helping people to thrive within their relationships, it, it really is that holistic view of all relationships. And I think the tools and, and the ways in which you can learn and grow it's all transferable to different areas of your life, which is amazing, right? It means you can use, you can learn a handful of tools yes. and you can work out most relationships in your life, not necessarily every relationship because it involves another person yes. and we can't control people and people are complicated and we're hard work, you know? So you can't guarantee <laughs> that every relationship will change, but, um, yeah it's <laughs> for the most part you know we can improve them yes indeed I think that that's very important how you worded that um, I think that one of the things too is understanding relationships in general would also mm -hmm. help you understand um, what it's like or what it means to actually have a counterpart um, mm -hmm. um, communication is definitely the key tool because without communication, then how do we have any form of understanding? How do we have any form of a way to get this person to see my point of view? You know, mm -hmm. so there's so many different things that communication opens, so many doors that open, so many avenues that it leads you down, so many opportunities mm -hmm. to embrace your companion your friend your child your parent there's so many different mm. things that communication opens up and mm. I think that people in general would need to look into those things and understand those things before even getting into another type of relationship where two people need to work together but they gotta understand too that any relationship requires that communication and in any relationship two people are going to have to work together there's going to be some sacrifices there's going to be some compromise there's mm. going to be so many different things that are considered workarounds that builds this relationship up into that strong relationship that no one in the world mm. can ever break mm. <laughs> mm. I think that's so fascinating, right? Because there is this perception out there that a lot of us need to be on our own to figure out um, how to be the best in relationships and how to show up our best and stuff. And, I, and I, I hear that, I do. And I've definitely had phases in my life where I've been on that journey too. But the place that I'm in right now and what I'm seeing a lot of other people doing is realizing that we can grow within the relationships that we're in and that we don't, you know, if you're feeling this lost sense of self, you don't necessarily have to leave the relationship in order to work on it. Our biggest healing and our biggest transformations come when we are in the relationship, when we are doing the work. And because essentially up until that point, if you're single and you're trying to work out how, you know, um, you're trying to work out um, ways you can communicate better in relationships when you are in one, that's all just theory. The only way you can actually practice it is when you're right there in it. And I mean, the relationship I'm in right now, he is just a dream. You know, I'm so grateful 
that I've done so much work up until this point and that I've had average relationships up until this point that I've stayed way too long with people that I shouldn't have been with in the first place up until this point because I was in those relationships I was doing the work I was learning and now we've been together two years fingers crossed we get married one day you know we talk about it it's on the cards that kind of thing like that's the level of the commitment we have for each other and we both are so committed to learning and to growing together that yeah of course we're human you're going to have disagreements you're going to not get along but I always feel the the day after or you know on reflection looking back at it I'm like I'm so glad that that happened because look how much we learned from that and look how how much we've been able to take and apply to our relationship so that that's not going to happen moving forward and that is (laughs) when you're in when you're in the work of working on yourself and when you're in a relationship yes that's the best time that you can actually bring it all together and I know sometimes it's hard right sometimes one person you're in the personal development space or somebody gives you a book and this is your first introduction or you hear hear a podcast shares it with you and you've never done any work on yourself before and you hear this or you think oh what is what is this crap I guess you know I've got five minutes I'll give it a listen kind of thing and then and then something inside it piques your curiosity mm-hmm. and you just think oh okay well this is kind of cool I might keep listening or I might keep reading and sometimes what can happen when you go on your growth journey is that if you are in a relationship that other person might not be in a place where they're ready to grow or they also might be scared of your growth because they have this um, say a subconscious view that when you grow and you evolve you work on yourself you might realize you're too good for them you might want to leave them you know there's so much fear that comes up in other people when we take time to work on ourselves and I think and I think just noticing that right just noticing like hey I'm on my own personal growth journey and if you're not in a place where you want to be on this walker you know this ship or boat too that's fine um and we'll we'll just keep loving each other and meeting each other wherever wherever we're at for as long as working for us and I've had relationships where I've totally outgrown them Mm. and and I've tried to stay because I've told myself like, this is the one, you know, this is it. But the reality is it just wasn't a match. No. And in me leaving and me ending the relationship, mm. it actually gave that person the permission they needed to yes. go on their growth journey. Yes, yes. yes. And, some, and that's part of it too, right? It is, it is. It is because a lot of times in order to grow, Sometimes you have to lose things and yeah. it's, it's kind of harsh when you look at it from a life perspective, but mm. sometimes when we lose things, it, it opens that door. It opens our it does. eyes say, Hey, mm-hmm. now it's time for me to do something different. Or now it's time for me to understand more about a uh, different types of relationships so that I can understand mm. where, where's my place? Where do I go in a relationship? Mm. What do I do in order to, gain that personal development and one mm. of the other things too is let's let's understand one of the key factors um that goes along with communication is balance mm. because without the balance there is no relationship you don't really have a place to say well i understand this but i don't understand this and you you may have 
a strength, like take for example, this is an analogy that I use when I'm talking to some of the guys about their machoism and being in a relationship. <clears throat> so one of the things that I talk to them about is you look at the guys and you look at strength, you look at the females and you look at weakness, but you don't understand that just because you think that you're so physically strong, it doesn't mean that you're stronger than her. You, mm. This is a perception. This is an opinion mm. about her. Now, let's look at the reality. If something happens, let's take, for example, um, someone comes to your door or you're going to an office or going for a job, and let's say you both are there at the same time, and the uh, interviewer asks you something and you don't know the answer to it, but she does. Mm. And seeing as though she knows the answer to it, she knows how to answer the question. She's knowledgeable. She's abreast of everything that's going on with this particular topic, and you're not. Now, who's the strong one? Mm. <laughs> and a lot of the guys say, "Wow, I didn't, mm. I didn't think of it that way." I say, "You, you also have to stop looking at." strengths and weaknesses as an opportunity to say that one person is better than the other because you're not there's always no. an opportunity for one person to be more dominant in a situation mm. mm -hmm. versus the other so if she knows more about a particular subject or knows about more about how to build something better than you do that's her strength versus mm -hmm. yours now who's mm -hmm. the weak one Stop always mm. looking at a woman as yeah. a weak person because she's not weak. She no. just has different strengths than you. And you mm. have different strengths than her. You have different mm. weaknesses than she does. And let's understand that a weakness is not necessarily mean that you're not strong. It just means that you're not knowledgeable of that mm. particular thing. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah. And and also for me, relationships are a team, right? Like yeah. you should be a team and teams, like it, we, we all have different strengths. We all have different abilities and we need to mm -hmm. work to those strengths and to those abilities. Yes. There's certain things within our relationship. We live on a one acre lifestyle block and we are massively into growing our own vegetables and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it is so natural to my partner, so natural to him. Mm -hmm. And But to me, like, I have to think on overdrive just to understand this whole stuff, right? Like, I'm a, I was born a city girl. My parents weeded gardens, you know, once every six months kind of thing. Like, I, this whole stuff is so new to me. And my partner, he went away for the weekend, just gone. He's been working away. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, okay, we've got all these seedlings that we're trying to grow at the moment. We've probably got like 400 seedlings in different pots all around our lounge at the moment, trying to keep them warm so that they'll germinate. Mm -hmm. And um, he said to me, can you please just make sure that you water the plants every day? Okay. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So my mind was focused on this isn't my strength, but, you know, he's, he's away. It's normally his strength, but I'm going to, you know, make sure these things survive. Yes. And so it was in my mind, Janelle, you have to feed these seedlings, right? You've got to keep them alive. Mm -hmm. So the three days goes away. I, I feed the seedlings. I made sure they were all good. Mm -hmm. this, he got home last night. And this morning while I was getting ready for this podcast, he comes out to me and he goes, um, so did you water the plants? And I was like, 
yeah yeah I, I watered them every day and he goes no but did you water the other plants and I'm like what what do you mean and he meant did I water our house plants right <laughs> I had been so focused on the seedlings yes. because that was you know the the specific question right. right that I'd totally forgotten to water all of our other plants and I just looked at him and here's the thing I initially said I just said no right like no I didn't feed them but then I explained this is where that communication and relationship comes in yes. I said Honestly, I was so focused on making sure that every day I watered the other plants, the the ones that, you know, the seedlings, mm -hmm. that it didn't even cross my mind oh, to water our tree that we have right here in my living room, yeah. our peace lily that we have over there. Like it just didn't even, <laughs> it didn't even compute. Right. <laughs> and so, so that to me is, you know, that's a perfect example of that is my partner's strength, <laughs> watering our plants. <laughs> And it's not my strength, you know, but like, <laughs> but we're a team it's, and yes, he went away. Yes. And so I stepped up, but hey, now I know for next time, now you've got to water all the plants, okay? <laughs> wow. You're still alive, don't worry. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> That is definitely an opportunity right there to learn something from, no doubt. No doubt totally, totally. <laughs> and, and also we're a team right so when I explained my thought process he's like that's cool and he just went around and <laughs> watered the plants and I'm sat there and being like cool Janelle you've learned the lesson next time feed everything and it's it's done it doesn't need yes. to be a big issue you know no, no it doesn't it doesn't uh, believe it or not out of 26 years my wife and I have never had an argument not once wow. <laughs> and wow. a lot of people look at us and she she'll say he won't argue with me and I just I can't do anything except for laugh because truly I won't argue with her I just I just feel like whatever she gets upset or angry about I feel like it's <clears throat> it's relatable when I'm listening mm -hmm. to what she's saying, because even though she gets to that point where she's angry or upset, I'm I'm more focused now on listening to what she's saying and the reason mm -hmm. why she's saying it versus taking it personal and saying to myself, mm -hmm. "Oh, she's yelling at me, or she's doing this to me, or she's disrespecting me." No, I don't. I don't look at it that way. I just mm -hmm. listen to what she's saying to them. Like, oops, okay, I made a mistake. Now, how am I going to fix this? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's what helps us to move forward versus turning it into a big old argument or a blame game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, because. If, if she's pointing out something, obviously there's something I did do or something I didn't do that I was supposed to. Do. So mm. either way it go, if I'm paying attention to what's being said, just like in a customer service, they would tell us, don't assume that the customer is yelling at you, assume that the customer is yelling at the problem. So, mm. okay. So I look at it as, okay, she's upset about something there's a problem so mm. let me figure out through her voice what the problem is and she explains it very well very clear and then I'm like oh and sometimes it'd be something that I just forgot to do or something that I wasn't even paying attention to 
So mm. I just go ahead, fix the situation, and then she'll look at me and she'll start laughing. She said, like, you know, I can't stand you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's that's so cool because you guys you guys clearly communicate, you know, and and that's the thing, right? I, I don't personally think there's um I think no one can be perfect and and if you're at the point in your life where you do get tempered you know we've all got little traumas and things like that that can make us react certain ways and so sometimes an argument does happen but I think if you can get to the point in yourself where you focus on the you know what what you've just shared around the actual communicating and and articulating and defining what the real problem is and not putting the blame on the specific person exactly. and expressing your expectations and things like that it doesn't have to get to an argument you know you can you can have disagreements you can have um things you know that you've done wrong or that you haven't done at all that you forgot like me forgetting to water the plants and it doesn't yeah. have to become a big argument it can just be a conversation and sometimes with me I think this is, you know, little little bits of past, say, childhood things that come into play. Yeah. Um, but every now and then I get pulled up for something and it's just so innocent. It's like, um, it might be, oh, one of them, we've got chickens here. And we made a deal that um, sometimes our chickens break the eggs on accident. And so then it gets egg all over the other, you know, the other eggs that haven't cracked. Yes. And I'm a little bit lazy and so I just bring them inside <laughs> put them straight in the fridge she'll be right whereas my partner said to me he's like hey do you think we can wash these <laughs> and I clearly forgot he said that because I did it again I brought a crappy egg and I put it in the fridge <laughs> and then he said to me again he's like hey babe like we've we've spoken about this before do you think you can please just wash the eggs because I think it's gross <laughs> having dry egg around them and I looked at him I was like fear but then there's this certain part of me that wants to get defensive right and it's just I don't know I don't, but there's no need for it and so I'm just like okay yeah that's fine today I went out I got the eggs no joke there was 18 eggs today there was a lot cool. and they, they were there was there was egg on them one of them had cracked so I was like damn it now I have to wash them all so I came inside and I washed all 18 eggs and I was so proud of myself. I was like, Janelle, you remembered. You did it. Like, good on you. You know, and and it, it's great because those first two instances, they they weren't arguments. Mm -hmm. And now I have remembered the thing and I can be proud of myself for knowing, like, cool, I did it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yay, Janelle watched the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so on your journey to growth mm. um how can how do you see yourself now versus how you saw yourself when you first started your journey oh wow I think I, I used to my perception of myself back then was that I was very determined which I still am but I was determined with a chip on my shoulder and like I had something to prove to everybody else mm -hmm. um I was trying really hard back then to get validation and to get love I think that's something that I felt like I was missing in my younger years mm -hmm. and so everything I did in the world was to get love to you know whether that was relationships or my career this drive was like I loved the praise mm -hmm. so whereas now I honestly feel 
the difference in me is that I want to focus on service and I focus on how many people am I helping and everything that I'm going through, everything I'm learning, I'm experiencing straight away. I'm like, well, how can I use this to help other people? I'm not. um, And so that determination to succeed is still there, but it's not there to get love. Like I already have that on my own. You know, I do that for myself. Um, And in doing that for myself, so filling up my own self-love cup and building on my own confidence, I then can have that in other relationships and other areas of life too. Um, And that then means I've got a lot to give. So whereas back in the day, it was all about status. I wanted that approval. I wanted people to love me and think I was amazing. Whereas now I'm like, I already have that. That's in me. And that's come from all this personal development work that I've done, which now means that I just get to focus on how can I help others to have that for themselves. And I think it's um, back then was really ego. Whereas now, don't get me wrong, like I'm human. I still have an ego, of course, <laughs> but, it's, but it's more focused around just serving and how can I help others, which feels it feels more gentle. It feels more authentic. It feels a lot more aligned and it's just a way better way to live life, you know? Yes. Yes. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. So Mm. what are some of the things um, when you were growing up Mm. and what are some of the things now that would make you feel as if your parents didn't care or weren't showing you the proper attention and then now mm. when you look back on that how do you see it differently now versus how you saw it then <laughs> oh i'm so sorry the reception cut out are you able to ask that question again i'm sorry the service is gone (laughs) there's no problem so what are some of the things now that made you see your parents as not um giving you enough attention or that were Mm. making you angry and Mm. now when you look back on those things what are some of the lessons that you learned from it or how do you see it differently that's mm, such a good question. So a lot of the things I remember when I was younger really comes down to um, their learning. You know, when you, I guess every child or every, um, let's say people in their 20s, when we're thinking of the thought of becoming parents, we always think oh, I'm going to do it so much better than my parents or um, I'm going to do it so differently than how they did it. And I think that, thought actually gave me this awareness of you know what I have this view that I'm going to parent so differently to how my parents parented me Mm -hmm. but I also bet that my parents had the view that they were going to parent so differently to how their parents parented them and so it's this sense of compassion that I, I ingrained in myself this mantra that I think it helps anybody who's had childhood um like I didn't have a bad childhood, right? I always had food on the table and I know that my parents loved me mm-hmm. for sure. I think it was just the way that love was shown. That wasn't really a great way for me. Okay. And so um, the this mantra that I learned that has really helped me and it may help you listening at home as well is that it's this belief that everybody is doing the best they can with what they have in mm-hmm. that moment. 
And so me learning and grading this inside myself, when I reflect back on those times in my childhood where um, things could have been a conversation, but instead they were yelling Mm -hmm. and things could have been um, conversed over trying to understand the situation instead of slamming doors and ignoring and not talking to each other for you know days on end and when when someone's in the room you feel like you're you're small and you have to go and hide because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know if you're going to get you know yelled at and so it wasn't ever physical abuse it was just the communication which that you know reflecting back on that and telling myself you know what how that went down is that was the best that your parents knew how to be at the time Mm -hmm. and imagine what it was like for them if that is how they treat you or if that is how they act when they're not happy imagine Mm -hmm. how their parents acted when they weren't happy you know that would have been magnified so much more so that that's been the the biggest learning and reflection for me and Mm -hmm. that helped me to heal so much um and it's really fascinating because now when I interact with my parents and like I say like I've grown up a lot and I've done a lot of work, but sometimes I still see these same patterns, not argumentative at all. It's never an argument, but certain, um, uh, maybe like defensiveness over things of, or, um, just certain ways of acting and being I can see you know what they're just doing the best they can with what they have yes and I can put boundaries in place that mean I don't have to be a part of this and I can walk away or I can shut the door and that that has just been the best learning of when you're a kid you don't have anywhere else to go like they're your best example and you learn off them Mm -hmm. and you mirror everything that they do and so we can tell ourselves that we're going to be different parents or we're going to do better than what they did. But we, unless we actually go out of our way to learn new models and to yes. practice new ways of being, yes. we will end up being the same. Yes. <laughs> it's so fascinating to me. And so that's probably been the biggest thing is just this awareness of like, all everyone in the world is doing and you can put this in the context of your employer and your relationship or with your parents your family is they're just doing the best they can with what they have in the moment um and then that's also gives you power to decide what you do about it you know am I going to stay in this or am I going to exit and back when I was 16 Mm -hmm. that's thought I'm going to exit I don't like this I don't like feeling this way I'm going to leave. <laughs> I could have done it better. Okay. I didn't have to jump out of a window. I could have used my words, but I didn't have them. Right. Because it wasn't modeled to me back then to yeah, have words. It wasn't, it wasn't I had, I, ready for that type of thing. I've had to learn. I've had to learn yes. how to use words. Yes, indeed. Mm. Yes, indeed. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to say something that me and my wife said to our children. Amazing. And, I would like for you to tell me what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. My wife and I would say that being a parent doesn't come with the book of instructions. We learn as we go. And mm. each child has a different personality. So we have to deal with that accordingly and grow mm. together. What would that mean to you? I think that's really special. And that to me comes across really ex- explorative really curious and that's kind of like my 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 life motto 
rather than authoritarian and, and dictative of your children. And that to me sounds um, like you're not trying to control your kids and you're not trying to make them fit into this mold of what you had when you grew up and you're, you know, trying to make it all fit in to make it make sense and to make it be um, compact you know and uncomplicated for you you're like okay cool there's probably going to be challenges here if we've got three kids we're probably going to have you know the same challenges or completely different challenges but hey we'll we'll work with it as we as we go and um there's this song that I really love by this um artist Ben Platt and it's called grow as we go right and we we're going through life and we're growing and I think that's a beautiful motto that you are clearly showing to your children because you having that um openness mm-hmm. I just wish more people could say hey I don't know the answer or hey I'm probably not going to be perfect at this I'm giving it my best shot like so many children or teenagers would have a weight lifted off their shoulder mm-hmm. or they would feel they, they wouldn't have that chip anymore if the parents had just told them, hey, like, I know I wasn't perfect, but I did the best I could. Or, you know, you know, I still love you and I didn't necessarily show that in perfect ways. But, um, you know, you taught me. So, so thank you. And, and you know, I just think that that would be so much better than all of us. Um, not all of us, but, you know, a lot of parents thinking that they do know it all and yeah. that their way is the best way. I think that's probably the biggest thing for me is when people um parents or not whether it's career relationships whatever it's like it's my way or the highway mm-hmm. I know best and I'm thinking are you kidding the world is changing every yes. single day <laughs> new inventions are coming out that we don't even dreamed of and you think that yes. you know the best way <laughs> get over yourself come not on possible. not possible <laughs> I don't care how great of a parent you have nobody knows it all nobody Mm -hmm. has the best strategy for teaching their children because irregardless of what we know now there's always going to be something better later absolutely (laughs) and it's it's that theory right like the people always say that the eldest child gets it the hardest and then the middle child you know gets a little bit more gentle and then the youngest is kind of just like whatever out there doing their own thing the parents don't even care anymore they're just like go no curfew for you don't care what you do get out um and then then you've got the oldest child that sees that and it's like are you kidding me like I went through so much crap right right if that were me you would have you wouldn't have let me get away with that I would have been grounded right yes that is so true that is so so true <laughs> so i must say that this has been awesome wonderful experience thank you thank you so so much i uh, definitely want you to send me your email so that i can check out some of your work with you yeah definitely want to you know keep in touch Wicked. and please tell the audience some of your key takeaways from things that you've experienced and as well as things that you teach to other people? Mm, mm, mm. That is such a big question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think my my key takeaway that I've kind of touched on a lot and it's um, something that always helps me 